the Fade the Noise podcast with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Place your bets. Brad the Big Noise Evans here, joined by the good sir, Nathaniel Lundy. This is the Fade the Noise podcast. It is a hockey hump day edition. We're going to get to Lundy's picks on the ice here momentarily. But uh, looking ahead at week 11 of the NFL slate and checking out some of the weekly specials offered at DraftKings Sportsbook. One caught my eye uh, and it piqued my interest, Lundy. Here it is. Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields combined for 119.5 rush yards. Now, of course, they only give you the option of the over. It's a minus 115, which is kind of the standard prop juice uh, at DraftKings, and I think it can hit the over. Uh, I think this game is going to be a plethora of points when it's all said and done. I like the over on the total right now, sitting in the mid-40s in most illegal sports books. But look at Lamar this season. He's averaging 71 rush yards per game. Fields, meanwhile, in his last four contests since he's rediscovered his legs, has averaged 57.4 rush yards per game. Now, the Ravens have done a pretty good job bottling up the competition in terms of running quarterbacks. They haven't really faced any running quarterbacks outside of number eight in practice, and maybe that's helped them because uh, they know the idiosyncrasies of that type of player. But I think Fields is going to take off and run. he got a lot of mobile and moving pockets now installed to this Bears offense. And I think it's a minimum 50 yards for him. And I can tell you this, guys. You know, Lamar Jackson's basically a de facto running back uh, within this scheme. He's, you know, calling his own number close to 11 times per game. The Bears cannot stop the friggin' run right now. now they're, they're really not getting a whole lot of pressure on the pocket, which could keep Jackson more pocket tied and limit some of those impromptu uh, scrambles. But uh, I think he's going to hit at least 65 here. In the end, and probably north of 70. And if Fields can get anywhere close to his average, Lundy, I think 120 combined, achievable for both these guys. Your thoughts? Going to be close. I think this is actually going to come out really close because I'm with you. I think Lamar gets to 65 to 70 right in that range. What I could hope for for purposes of this particular special prop that they have for the weekend is that he actually gets to 75 because I think if he gets there, then it's a no-brainer. Because I think Fields is good for for between 40 and 45. So then, boom, carry the one, put it all together, and I got the buck 19 that we need. I'm actually surprised that this is only sitting at the minus 115. I would have expected them to try to give us a little extra boost. Come on, DK, help out my bank account because God knows I gave it all back in the last 24 hours. Yeah, well, let's hopefully try to recoup money's loss. Let's get to it on this Hockey Hump Day edition with another Fade 5. Number 5. All right, Lundy, as we always do, it's a ritual here uh, midweek. Let's drop the puck and make some bucks. What do you got in the NHL for me? Let's have some fun. We've only got three games in the NHL tonight, but they're actually all three pretty intriguing ones, and they're all on the late-night tip. So if you start off your evening maybe with a little Mickey mac action and you decide you want to uh, slide some dollars over onto the ice, let's go to the the cream of the Oreo filling, the middle game uh, for tonight where the Seattle Kraken uh, are at home. They're in the middle of a six-game homestand, and the Chicago Blackhawks will be coming to town. The Blackhawks have won three straight, but uh, there should be an asterisk 
uh, at the end of those three straight because they were not very pretty uh, wins for Chicago. And in fact, two of them had to go to extra frame to be able to uh, be decided. So because of that, I think the winning streak that Chicago is on is a bit of a mirage. And I we all know that Seattle is not a desert. It just rains all the time there. So no mirage for us in Seattle. I will take the Kraken on the money line tonight. Now, it's been juiced up. It didn't open up here, but it has now been juiced up to the point where it's at a minus 150. So what I would tell you is I feel pretty good about Seattle picking up this win straight up against Chicago tonight, but you may want to parlay it with something else on today's Fade 5 to try to bring that juice down. But Seattle on the money line, that's how we're going to start off our hockey hump day. However, I've got another pick for you when we get to bonus time. Oh, a little tease. How I like that. Uh, And until then... Release the Kraken! Number four. All right, let's get to the NBA. And uh, it was a swing and a miss uh, for me yesterday. Big brick on the board. Seth Curry did not get the over on two and a half assists at plus 115. I shared that one on the SiriusXM show. Uh, so I'm going to get it back here, Lundy, with a two-legger. All right? Two-leg parlay. Just player props here. Give me the over on the first leg. Clint Capella, 11 and a half rebounds against the Celtics who refused to box anybody out. And then give me the over on Josh Giddy five and a half assists against the Houston Rockets. Both those hit plus 185. Put that together at DraftKings Sportsbook. Why the over on Capella? Well, he's been over this in eight of his last ten games in Boston. Number 21, an opponent rebounds per game allowed. Giddy, meanwhile, has been over six of his last nine contests on that five and a half assists line. And I understand that yeah, we played Houston earlier this season, only had four dimes in that game, but he only played 20 minutes. It's a guy that's averaging right around 26, 27 minutes played. So he gets his average, knowing that Houston is awfully generous defensively, and they are number 21. An opponent assist per game allowed on the season. I think it's at least a six-pack of assists for Giddy, and then Capella gets a dozen-plus rebounds tonight. So fade or follow, Clint Capella over 11.5 rebounds against the Celtics, uh, over Josh Giddy, 5.5 assists against Houston. Both of those hit. We cash in, plus 185. What do we say? We say giddy up, Brad. Yeah. That's what we say. I like this one with Giddy, by the way, and so I think it's fun to be able to uh, combine it with Capella. I had not checked out his rebounds, but I have been keeping an eye on Giddy's player props as we've gone through the beginning of the season because – uh, they have not necessarily lined up with what he's been uh, achieving. So uh, this one I like a lot. I was trying to figure out something that I could do to be able to pair up with Giddy, maybe find another player prop that I like, and look at you stepping up and doing it for That's me. That's right. That's right. That's what I'm here. I'm a man of the people, and I am a man of your pocketbook. Number three. All right, Lenny, let's get to some action here on a hump day edition. We got Central Michigan taking on Ball State. And the total has come down. It opened at 61. It is down to 59. And I feel like that's awfully generous. I'm smashing the over in this game. I understand that Ball State is the best defensive team in the MAC, uh, but they're still giving up a ton of points on a per-game basis uh, in league action. 
Uh, now, in fact, uh, you know, they're also scoring now, too. They've scored at least 29 points in four of their last five. Uh, Central Michigan, we know, puts a lot of crooked numbers on the board. They're averaging 34.5 points per game this season and a staggering 6.2 yards per play. Uh, I think the difference here will be Lou Nichols against that Ball State Rundy. Nichols is averaging north of 100 rush yards per game, and I think he is going to gash the Cardinals up front. Uh, it's going to lead Ball State to you know, maybe try to match blow for blow in this game, and in the end, this is going to be in the low 30s. So uh, split right down the middle. Central Michigan's been over in five and under in five, and Ball State, the trend says take the under. They've been under in seven to ten. But tonight, with that number coming down, 59, again, I think this game is in the low 60s. Give me the over. Central Michigan, Ball State, Maction, Primetime Lights, 59 total points, minus 110 at Caesars Sportsbook. Fade or follow? I am going to regret this so much because it is a Mac football game, but I'm going to take the under on you, my friend. I think there's a reason that this has been cruising down, and that reason is maw nature. Uh, the forecast sucks for this game tonight. Bring it on! Fumbles, it is supposed to be picks. nasty. It's supposed to be like 20-mile-an-hour winds yes! and like 60 degrees and overcast and some light rain. Here's what I will say. Having uh, put on my Brad Evans meteorologist hat earlier today, uh, and I went and tracked this down, the forecast is supposed to get nasty and, and just gross in the second half. So this uh, might be oh, uh, oh maybe something to watch a live line later tonight as we uh, approach the uh, weather. Maybe we combine ourselves with Al Roker as well as uh, the Brad Evans pick, and maybe this is one that uh, picks up the points. Because if it weren't for that, I'd be all over the over in this one because both of these teams are in the top 25 when it comes to tempo. Uh, so yep. I would have expected this to be in the over. However... I'm going to fade you on this one, good sir. I think they tuck just under this number and wind up with a total at about 58. 60 degrees rain. I'm here in Central Illinois. It's the same storm system that's impacting the weather here. It is lovely. Uh, it is uh, almost a picturesque mid-November day, uh, sans the sunshine. I'm not worried about Mother Nature, and you shouldn't be either. Take the over on the 59. Number two. All right, let's go to the college hardwood. And, man, it has been a surprising opening week of the college basketball season, to say the least. Seton Hall going into Michigan last night and knocking off the top five-ranked Wolverines. Uh, really, the Gavit game's just been owned by the Big East, uh, period. And we're going to get to some more college picks uh, in the Gavit games uh, coming up here in bonus time. But I want to focus on a battle of a couple of teams that are pretty close geographically. George Mason, Kim English's club, taking on the Maryland Terrapins. Uh, this game being played in College Park. And I'm taking Mason and the points here at plus 12 and a half. And uh, the reason here is simple. Mason is just scoring at will on the opposition. They've got three massive wins by 20-plus points. And I know it's against me competition, but in those games, peak efficient. Number 12 in the country currently an effective field goal percentage offense. Uh, they're shooting 40.5% from way downtown, 65.6% inside the arc. And there are a couple of guys that uh, have transferred in from Power 5 schools. Uh, one is uh, Devontae Gaines, kid that uh, played at Tennessee. And the other one is a player that you're familiar with, Lundy, Deshaun Schwartz. Remember him at CU? 
So yes, I do. He is a sharp. Yeah, he is a sharp shooter, uh, forward, six foot seven guy, pretty good defender as well. Uh, he's gotten off to a hot start here for Mason. So this is too many points. I know Maryland's only giving up zero point nine one points per possession, but twelve and a half is what I'm catching here, minus one ten. Uh, at MGM, and I think ultimately Maryland wins this, but in the single digits. So fade or follow George Mason plus 12 and a half against the Terps. Well, Brad, I'll tell you what, a lot of folks obviously thinking what you're thinking because we're seeing that number continue to creep down. I'm glad that you got it at 12 and a half. I've seen it in some places here this morning at 10 and a half. Mm. Uh, so that point total is moving as folks are thinking to themselves exactly what you are, which is, hey, a few too many points here uh, that you're giving uh, to uh, Maryland. You got to you got to bring that down. And that folks are thinking that George Mason's going to keep it close. So uh, I've seen that to- uh, that uh, spread coming down in various places. So if you snagged it early, fantastic. If not, if you want that cushion, it could be that you want to alt-line it slightly, bring it back up to what Brad had at the 12-and-a-half, pair it up with something else uh, across the hardwood. As Brad said, he's got a couple more coming up in bonus time. But clearly, a lot of the betting action, Brad, is in the same mindset as you, which is frightening as hell, uh, that George Mason coming down off that 12-and-a-half to 10-and-a-half. Yeah, no doubt about it. Stick around for a look ahead selection in week 11 of the NFL plus bonus time number one all right Lundy, let's get uh, in that week 11 pick right now before we transition to the old bonus time uh, Arizona and Seattle uh, I don't know if you noticed the total it, it's sitting at 50 still at Caesars at tape time at minus 110 the numbers come down at some of the other locations to 49 and even at 49 I don't think it's going to get anywhere close to the over. So give me the under on that one. Look, Kyler Murray, anyone's best guess if he's going to return from the foot injury. Uh, at best, it's probably going to be a game time decision. So you got to monitor the practice reports this week to see if he will indeed return to the field. What we know about Russell Wilson is he's got gripping issues. Uh, you know, maybe it was the cold conditions at Lambeau Field last week, but Man, he was just not twirling with any kind of accuracy in the intermediate field or downfield. And I think it's still, you know, probably going to be a work in progress him to get back to 100%. I mean, he even admitted before the uh, donut that the Seattle Seahawks posted against Green Bay, he was only functioning at about 90%. So, you know, he'll be a little bit better this week. Uh, but if it's Kyler Murray, who probably will not be running, you know, using those little legs, the dachshund of the desert, he could be limited. It could be Colt McCoy. Uh, these are divisional foes. They're familiar with one another. Uh, you pull that together with some of the trends that are out there. Seattle plus their opponent has only gone over this 50 total one time this year. Arizona, meanwhile, has been under in six of nine contests this season. So everything arrows one direction, and that is south. So, again, give me the under, whether it's at 50 or 49. I got the 50 number, minus 110 at Caesars Sportsbook. Uh, I think it's still available at that number, two at BetMGM. But, anyway, fade or follow on that under, Lundy. Oh, I'm taking the under. I agree with you 100%. I think that points are going to be hard to come by in this one. You're talking about a divisional matchup. You're talking about two teams that each have question marks going on on their offense. I think that's going to suppress this total. I'm with you. Whether it's 50 or 49, I think this is one you jump on. All right, let's get to it. Bonus time. What else you got on this Wednesday, Lundy? 
Well, let's focus on two different totals for you here in bonus time. I mentioned I had another one for you from a hockey standpoint. The Washington Capitals will be in L.A. to take on the Kings. And in that one, I am going to jump on the over of five and a half goals. L.A. has actually scored three or more goals in six out of their last eight games. And then on top of that, the Caps are third right now in the NHL in scoring. So put those two things together uh, in a contest that the spreads are relative or the excuse me, the money lines are relatively close. They really kind of showing this to be, for the most part, a pick 'em uh, type of game. Slight lean towards the Caps, but I like the over in this one, five and a half. Uh, I'm surprised this one isn't up to six at this point. And then in the NBA, another total to pay attention to. I'm taking the under between the Bulls and the Trailblazers. This is one just kind of following the trends between these two teams as they have matched up. Uh, the under has been favored towards uh, each side uh, in this particular circumstance. And in fact, the under has hit in five out of the last seven times these two teams have played up in Portland. Stick with the NBA theme in that game in particular. Uh, give me the over on Zach Levine. Two and a half main threes. Minus 130. Juiced up a little bit of DraftKings, but I'm willing to pay it. Portland is the third worst three-point defensive team in the NBA. Giving up 38.4%. And I don't know if you've seen Levine lately. Uh, but he's got 12 made triples in his last two contests. He's been over this number five times this season. I think he gets three through the net uh, from outside. Back to college basketball. Man, I love the Johnnies tonight. Uh, I got him at plus six uh, against Indiana. I've seen the line creep down now to plus four and a half, and I still think they're going to cover. If you want to sprinkle a little action on the money line, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it at all because the Johnnies get up and down the floor, just exhaust the opposition. Indiana, very unimpressive in their first couple of tune-ups here. Uh, there's a huge battle in the interior between Soriano and Jackson Davis, which will be a deciding factor. But I think the Giants just have too much offensive firepower for Indiana to contain. Uh, St. John's number one in the nation in effective field goal percentage offense so far. They're shooting 48.1% from along the arc and 70% inside of it. Astonishing. Champagne, Alexander, Coburn. Uh, they just got too much, uh, you know, rainmakers. And in Indiana, not exactly the greatest lockdown defense along the perimeter. Plus, they have not shot the ball well from three. So, you know, matching bucket for bucket. Uh, they're going to lose that game in the end. And then, you know, I love the alt-line parlay, so let's work in a two-legger in college basketball tonight. Give me Arkansas, minus 10 at home against Northern Iowa. And you might say to yourself, oh, Northern Iowa, yeah, they're going to be highly competitive. There are a couple of sharps uh, that I follow in social media that are taking the Panthers, but I vehemently disagree. Arkansas, I know they slumbered in their first game, uh, got their druthers back in the second game, but if you look at Northern Iowa, they cannot put ball through the basket. Uh, they are number 346 so far in the young year, an effective field goal percentage offense, and number 274 in effective field goal percentage defense. That is a recipe for a blowout for a track team that Eric Musselman has. So J.D. Note and company, they get it done. They cover the 10 uh, on the alt line. And they give me UC Riverside, Plus five on the late night tip against the Toreros of San Diego. Riverside, of course, hit that three-quarter court shot. Uh, that was a nail in the coffin to win it walking off against Arizona State. Uh, this team has been playing extraordinarily well in the early season. They're shooting 39.2% 
along the arc. Uh, San Diego has done a really good job along the arc. They're shooting at 48.3%, but the difference here is the defensive side of things. The Toreros, number 341 and three-point percentage. D Riverside, the Highlanders, for anybody that was curious about that, uh, they've given up just 24.1% from outside. So I think that's going to be the difference here. Going to be nice and snug and a highly competitive game, but I think Riverside covers the five on the alt line. So Arkansas minus 10, Riverside plus five. Put them together, DraftKings plus 125. And there you have it. That is a wrap on this edition of the Fade the Noise podcast. Please follow Lundy on Twitter at Nate Lundy. Check me out there at Noisy Huevos. Drop us a rating and a review if you enjoy this podcast. It helps out the show tremendously. And until next time, as always, feed or follow. That is up to you. Feed the noise.